Welcome, O Fellowship of Fiends, to Fear is the Fire That Lights the Heart, a humble podcast where we delve into the darkness that dwells beyond the edges of genre. Each episode, we're going to gather up a roundtable of writers, editors, and publishers to discuss the most beloved of all genres, horror. Today, we are going to discuss a dusky old skeleton of a story shoved in the dungeons beneath our soil, that of a haunted place. Sometimes it's a house, sometimes it's an apartment building, and sometimes it's something far, far worse. Oh, what terrors lie inside this exhumed corpse? (laughs) Step inside. Let's find out. I'm your host, Paul Jessup, author of the book Glass House, a cosmic horror haunted house novel, now out from Underland Publishing. Check it out at glasshouse.pauljessup.com. Now, join us on our first episode ever as we interview and talk to some of the best writers and editors working in the horror genre today. Let's meet our round table. Um, hi, I'm Francis Bupai Bolito, and um, so so excited to participate in this conversation. Um, just a little bit about myself. I'm the founder and owner of a new press, Demagogue Press, that uh, specializes in tabletop games, card games, and books. Um, we have a book, an anthology coming out called Winding Paths, and it's a sort of a pick-your-next-story mechanic with puzzles and other things inside. The front of the book is actually a board game itself, and each story and poem has a game piece that you can actually take out of the book and play it on top of the book. So there's a little bit of that going on, sort of more interactive, playable reading experience. Um, And um, also, Paul knows that uh, I have uh, worked on The Cozy Cosmic with Mark Teppo with Underland, and that's out now. Uh, And, um, you know, taking sort of the idea of juxtaposing the cosmic unknown and the void and the sort of absurdity of existence with joy and hope and how to cope. So that is also out. And um, in in this small amount of free time I have after that, I um, have a nonprofit that I started that will uh, focus on diverse and marginalized voices. Um, I'm Nadia Bolkin. I'm a horror writer based in Washington, D.C. I published a short story collection a few years ago called She Said Destroy from Word Horde. And right now, um, I'm excited to actually be co-editing an anthology that's coming out from Curse Marshall's Press next year um, called Why Didn't You Just Leave, which is all about people who have made the decision um, or are forced to make the decision to stay in a haunted location. So I definitely have a ton of um, of love for this subject, and um, I've been doing some thinking about it myself, so really happy to be here. Okay, and um, I'm Amy Peaky. I'm a science fiction and fantasy short story writer. Um, I've been edging more into horror recently. I have a short story out in the May issue of Nightmare called Nine Lies You Tell Yourself About Ghost Hunting which involves a haunted house. And I have a short story coming out in the December issue of The Deadlands called Image Not Found, Francesca's Bridge, which is about a haunted covered bridge in Vermont, which is where I'm based. Um, And I'm also gonna add that I am a business journalist by day because some of the things I'm gonna talk about 
relate to real estate and some economic issues with um, houses. And I think why maybe some of the themes that we read about and we watch in movies and TV, I think are related to some of those issues. Um, So yeah, thanks for having us on. All right. Well, that's fantastic. And I think a good question to kick this all off is a a pretty base and important one is, why do haunted places appeal to us? Um, So uh, Francis, why don't you start that off? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, For me, it's a very personal and cultural um, part um, of just who I am, my identity. Um, Growing up as immigrants in the 80s, um, my mother would always say things like, uh, even though this house is, it looks fine, the energy is not good, um, that the door is in the wrong place. So there was always something that she was looking for in a house that I couldn't necessarily see as a child. And I think it does make sense because um, I've always said that places can have experiences just like people, that you can leave an imprint on a place, that um, people have emotional baggage that they carry with them and a place is forever, really, right? And so it it contains a lot of emotional baggage. um, And because we can process some of our things through therapy, but a place can't, it's interesting to explore how a location or place might try to process some of the experiences that it's also absorbed as well. And as for the personal part of it, I when we first moved to uh, America, we lived in Tuscaloosa. We ran a Chinese restaurant and it was haunted. As a kid, I didn't understand what was going on. But as an adult, I realized that I have a lot of memories of things that were happening in that restaurant that don't make any sense. That's except really, for haunting yeah. that's really creepy i love that um yeah and again like what you said before about the the house itself having like a sentience you know or the place having a sentience it's not a ghost per se but that kind of thing that's a very one of my favorite tropes in horror i guess you could say is that that haunted place having a personality like what shirley jackson does in the haunting of hill house and what everyone's copied a million times since then i think that's more accurate to like how people experience hauntings in real life less of a ghost and more of a malign place. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Um, the Haunting of Hill House is my favorite um, horror novel, just like point blank, but also for sure my favorite haunted house novel. And what I love about that is that it's so, the house, it's like, even the ghosts are subject to something that is even greater than them. The ghosts are trapped themselves in the haunting. The haunting is sort of like a larger, almost, you know, transcend space and time sort of presence and it affects everyone differently and I think that humans are very drawn to that um I think humans are also very drawn to um the idea that they can anthropomorphize objects um I've always also really liked and associated haunted houses with the stone tape theory of paranormal activity um I think it's kind of you have this like desire to put into concrete solid form something that is very liminal and something that is very like untouchable like a ghost but it's like it can permeate the entire house the entire thing and you can hold it and be with it um i think that's that's something that's very appealing in a dark way so for our listeners who probably don't know, The Stone Tapes was uh, a British television show, I think around the 70s. <clears throat> it was written by a man named Nigel Neal, and he's really known for doing kind of like a sci-fi 
ghost story kind of thing, which are really interesting. Um, uh, one of my favorite bits about the stone tapes is this idea he called the sentient loops and how ghosts are just repeating loops like like on a record and that you could play like old stone things like pottery or like stone like Stonehenge and you could play and hear the audio or see the ghosts. It's really interesting. Um, okay, Amy, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's it's because homes are something that like when you move into a home, you buy a home. I think there's always this idea that it's going to be like the perfect place for you. But when, you know, invariably it's not the perfect place. There are things that happen and often it's your own family trauma somehow comes up through this house. Something's triggered, you know, and and there's connection there. Um, There's fears about status, you know, economic issues, fears about what happens this haunted house. Oh my gosh, I put all my money to it. Now I can't sell it. Maybe that's why they can't leave the house, right? To the your point about <laughs> Nadia about your your book. It's like a question. Why don't, they, why don't they leave the house? Yeah, because sometimes they can't. It's like they're economically they can't. But I think also homes, you know, most homes in America, um, people have lived there before. They're they have histories, but you move in and you don't know what the history is. And I think there's also like a mystery. Um, what happened there? What if something really bad happened there? So I think it like triggers, it can trigger a lot of fears and a lot of anxieties um, from, you know, is your family going to be happy in this house? Were other families happy there? Um, you know, how is this going to work? So I think there's like a lot of really emotional, core emotion, core emotions that come up with moving into a house or buying a house that I think through haunted houses, we can kind of explore those anxieties, those traumas, um, I feel like there's so many metaphors that can be expressed through haunted houses that y- like you can tap almost like so many different, so many different ideas and so many different fears through a haunted house. So I think it's just a trope and an idea that is just so flexible and malleable that I think, I think that's why people keep coming back to the haunted house trope, because you can kind of almost write any story through a haunted house story. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point too. Um especially because there's like another aspect of the haunted house you mentioned there different from the sentient house. I guess you could call it the, uh, the other main structure for that kind of story. Um, and that's where it's the family who's experiencing like a fracture and they move to the house and it somehow like possesses them to attack each other or one to attack somebody else. Um, and that kind of thing. Like usually that's like the shining, um, amenable horror. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, what what do you guys think of that idea uh, compared to the the difference between where there's like a sentient bad place that's attacking them and then another one where it's like causing them to bring out their own traumas, their own fresher and like usually it's the dad who ends up murdering everybody. <laughs> but what do you guys think of that? Do you which is there like a version you prefer? Do you prefer where it's a sentient place or like a pl- or one where the it's about a family falling apart um, or do you think they're both good or, or what do you think? I mean, I would say I like them both. And I think that they correlate oftentimes very strongly. Um, I think there's a pretty rich tradition of like um, the house getting inside people and kind of undoing them. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's one of those stories, like, I mean, even Amityville, like, is that really about the person who ends up killing everybody or is it the house made and do it? You know, I mean, I think unless you go into 
a sort of like extreme haunted mansion type situation or something where like the house itself is like coming apart you know it needs a human vessel so it's going to probably tap into that second structure of like the human trauma and tragedy that's what i would say well that's that's very true because even at the haunting of hill house um you've got mel and the the house preys on her own you know insecurities and needs and stuff like that i guess i I was seeing the difference and this is my my mistake was i was seeing the difference as like a family going someplace and fracturing and falling apart and then the other one where it's like just individuals coming there so that seems to be like the two different poles i guess uh one where it's more about family dynamics and another where it's more about i guess you could say found family dynamics would be a way of putting it although i don't know if that's the case with haunting of hill house because nobody knew each other before they went there well, I'm. Uh, I actually think that it's kind of interesting in that the place could possibly act differently. You know, have different modes of operation for the depending on who arrives through its threshold, right? So, there is a house actually a door down for me that had the the biggest mass killing in Portland back in the '80s, and I didn't know this when I bought my house. But I got into that house a couple of times, and it's one of those places where the walls are bright, cream, the couches are perfect, they're very pretty with nice pillows, but it's the iciest feeling that you ever have against your skin. And you feel like the house is eating you. It's feeding on you. And so that house in the 80s had a father who came home, or, or actually I think it was the next morning on Saturday morning, it was in the news. He shot all his kids. He chased them. He shot the dog. And even now we can find bullet shells in the yard. So that was the one, the big tragedy. But afterwards, there was a couple there. And and I don't want to talk about my neighbors, but one person was in there. And I watched her over the years, basically going from health to like, severe illness and i think in some sense like if you think about it, a fictional story a house can undo but redo over and over on a yo-yo cycle to kind of lengthen out how long that human vessel experiences this relationship with the place it's not just a one-off like you're gonna go and you're done it's a it's a commitment it's a lifetime long thing until at the very end you expire in the house. It's fully fed on one person. And then it restarts the process again of drawing people in and then keeping them alive long enough to really kind of pull out all of their energy. Oh, um, that's creepy. Um, I think I'm trying to remember, there was like a movie based on a book and I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I can't remember off the top of my head where it was feeding on the mother. The house was like feeding on her energy and stuff like that. And at first, everyone thought that she was possessed, but then she just started wasting away and everything. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, and I can't off the top of my head. Um, I'll look it up later. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's super creepy, uh, just that idea that that happens. Um, you know, something that that reminds me of, um, and I'm realizing through our conversation, perhaps, is an interesting fruit of like an angle. And maybe what you were trying to get at earlier, Paul, is... Um, does it did it start with something like a family annihilation mm. that then seeps into the walls becomes the stone tape and infects others mm. or is it something about the architecture itself mm-hmm. sort of like um 
I don't know, like House of Leaves, maybe, I, which I haven't read, so I can't really cite. <laughs> or more hokier sense, 13 Coasts, which is like the premise of that movie is that it's built to be a haunted house um, and to trap ghosts. So um, there is certainly an amount of scholarship that's on like sick sick place theory, I think is something like that. Um, that basically like there are places that just feel wrong to the human sensibility um like disorient you um so I, I wonder if that might be it like is that was the house evil to begin with or did something happen to make it evil hmm that is a really interesting way of putting it because like i was thinking too like this idea especially in folk horror where like the spirit of the place itself is wrong and it's corrupting people and then that it goes back to the haunted place idea versus the haunted house or uh, a home or, or because and it goes back to stone tapes and that's kind of that kind of thing too where it's like the earth itself is is malignant and rotten to the people that are on it and kind of force them to do other things um and i think that there's like a word for it. there's like a psych psychogeography of place where a place seems to have its own malign influence and personality and that, that's always interested me because it feels very liminal like you know you're in between different states you're because our world that we live in now is very codified you know full of office buildings and everything else but like when you get to this place that feels like it's wild and intelligent you know more like a like a like a spirit is there that feels like it's from a different time like it feels outside of this time francis your your story about that house with the murders happened reminded me of the the um inspiration for my cover bridge story i was just driving during the pandemic I was with my daughter and we were just basically trying to like visit all these different towns in Vermont and I saw there was a covered bridge near where we were I was like oh let's go see the covered bridge and you know you guys probably have seen covered bridges they're kind of like quaint and like it's a place tourists like to go and take photos and they're kind of considered romantic and so I was like okay it's great we'll go to this covered bridge so we we drove we parked next to it and we walked through it and I just got the creepiest feeling in this bridge like it wasn't charming. It was dank inside. It was dark. It was like sunlight had never been in there. It was cramped. And I just left and I thought, oh, such a strange place. And the sign on it said Gold Brook Bridge. So it was over the Gold Brook. And I didn't really think anything of it. And I mentioned it to somebody here in Vermont, and I'm not from Vermont originally. And they said, oh, that's Emily's Bridge. And I was like, what? What's Emily's Bridge? Oh, it's haunted. I was like, what? They said, yeah, there's a young woman. I don't know when this was, Revolutionary War, maybe. She was jilted by her lover. They were supposed to meet there and like elope together. And she was jilted. And she was so distraught. She unfortunately took her life on this bridge. Ooh. And it's haunted. So she's reported to like be there. You're like, you'll see her. But it's just it's reminded me of that. Like, I just had that feeling, you know, like something was wrong in this place and was so creepy. And I, I. I have only had the experience one or two other times, but um, I think it goes back to that idea of like something bad happened here and it's somehow etched into the structure if it's a house and, you know, maybe, maybe it's the land too. That can happen with land if something happened there. Um, but I think as humans, I think we're drawn to structures like, you know, houses and hotels, like the shining, that type of thing. Um Horror Store. I don't know if you guys have read that book by Grady Hendrix. It's a yeah. haunted Ikea, basically, which is a lot of fun. Um, 
but yeah, something bad happened there too. And I think it's the idea, like it, it gets into the very, like the beams of the building, you know, or whatever structure it is and you can't get rid of it. That's interesting. Um, by the way, the movie I was thinking of earlier, which was also based on a book was Burnt Offerings. Where I'm not wondering if that's what you wrote. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And I was like, I just, yeah, checked real quick. Um, yeah, speaking of Grady Hendrix, I don't know if, have you guys read his recent book, How to Sell a Haunted House? Yeah, it's so funny because everyone reads that and goes, well, it's not a haunted house story. It's a, it's an evil puppet story. Like, well, at the ending, though, it kind of goes back and, the, and it is a haunted house story after all. It kind of goes, it swerves all over the place. Because in the end, they have to return back to the home. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. So never mind. Um, but yeah, I just, I find that interesting. Like, yeah, again, it's back to the stone tapes idea where it's like recording uh, that evil inside the bones of the structure. Uh, I wonder too, like in America, uh, we seem to be like obsessed with haunted houses as a singular thing. Like not very many houses are haunted here, but America's fairly like a newborn babe compared to the rest of the world. I mean, it's got to be haunted houses have been way more common elsewhere. You know, I'm wondering if if the relationship to them is different than ours. So I grew up in Indonesia and um, everything is haunted in Indonesia. So that's, you know, just like a given. Um, I remember when I went back to my childhood home, uh, years after moving away, I was there with my childhood best friend and she she had sort of co- gone through a spiritual phase and she walked in and sat down. She was like, oh, the spirits in this house are good. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, like <laughs> I had never thought that there were spirits in the house, but, you know, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, in Indonesia, the the word for a haunted place is angker, A-N-G-K-E-R. And it's kind of understood that these are places that just feel off, whether or not something happened there, who knows, you just avoid them. I remember my mother explaining to me, kind of very similar to Francis's mother's story, actually, like, that there are places that you just have an instinct not to go to, and you have to follow that instinct, don't question it. And she's like, that's your intuition. And she's like, not a supernaturally inclined person. It's just kind of a fact. And I would say that that's how Indonesia treats haunted places generally is just like, this is just matter of fact. Yeah, I totally agree with it. It's it's not, um, uh, I, I guess it's interesting to me. I, I'm going to try to say this in a way that makes sense. When I started writing horror, it wasn't that I was writing ghost stories or that I was writing horror stories. I was writing stories that were part of my upbringing. They're like trying, like there's like cultural stories. It's like you know, you 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 hear these stories because they're supposed to teach you, just like fairy tales, but like real life fairy tales. Like you don't do this, or you don't do that, because that is just part of the education. It's not that it's trying to scare you. And one of the things that I think is kind of different culturally is that there's an expectation that you take care of your dead, and when you don't take care of your dead, that's when there's a lot more angst because these are spirits or these are entities who are maybe in the same thing with a place you take care of a place because if you don't they can get mad at you and piss just like anything else so um in taiwan you know there's always stories about temples you know having things going on because people go to the temples and they talk about the things that are going on in their house um my grandparents always told me stories um, but one story that stuck with me was that my grandfather was uh, involved in um, the war he was in the army in china 
and he was supposed to go with his group to protect a village but it was too late by the time they got there the village was gone everybody had been killed or they'd run away but they still had to stay the night in the whatever was remaining in the village so they slept in a house that was you know just a basic whatever had a roof and at night he woke up because there was creaking noises from the roof, the ceiling. And when he looked up, he saw a man um, basically hanging from a noose, staring down at him with open eyes. And my grandfather was like, I know you're upset that we didn't get here in time. But when I go back home, I will, you know, burn, burn a Joss paper for you. I will try to, you know, do what I can to bring you peace. And then my grandfather went back to bed and went to sleep. Because what else was he going to do? I mean, the house was ha- the place was haunted, but he knew that what was needed was caretaking. That's really I find that really interesting um, compared to like how Americans approach the haunted house, like in real life, but also as a story too. like, I mean, here, like if you sell a house and it's it might be haunted, they have to tell people and then people probably won't buy it. And things like that. I was listening to this real interesting podcast. I think Imaginary Worlds. Um, it was like a few weeks ago, and they did a thing on haunted houses. And this woman, uh, she gets angry because she says she's not the haunted house um, salesperson. She doesn't sell just haunted houses. She sells lots of houses, but she, you know, does work with people that have haunted houses. And most real estate agents won't. So she's become known as the haunted house real estate agent. Um, and she said what she does is she sees it like it's like it's a plumbing issue. She brings in the people that are there to take care of it. She reaches out to like either like local priests or like somebody else that would do that. And they come in and they cleanse the place and then they sell it. So I just find that interesting, like, because it's like such a taboo thing here, except for her. I mean, she was very okay with it, but I guess most real estate agents won't even try and sell it, but it's such a taboo thing here to have a haunted house. And yet, you know, from your experience, it's like your family experience. It sounds like it's not at all, you know, I think that's healthier to be honest. I was in New Orleans a few years ago before before the pandemic, and we're, I was walking around the French Quarter, and there was actually a for sale sign in front of one of the little houses, and there was a little extra sign hung under it that said "Not Haunted." And <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. I guess maybe they're very common there. I I don't know, but um, you know, you could guarantee I guess guarantee this house was not haunted. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's I wonder funny. if there's there's rumors about it being haunted. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, no, we swear. We promise. No, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I think houses like haunted houses should be sold differently. It should be this house has been blessed with a history and experience, lived experience. I think they call that historic charm. (laughs) (laughs) Historic charm with like, you know, routine reenactments of historical events. I kind of wonder like if, if a haunt if a haunting might actually make a house more interesting to some people to buy. But then I think if something really violent happened in the house, like if you're buying like a Manson family murder victim house, like that might not be appealing. Like that isn't maybe as a as excited, not but wouldn't be exciting at all. It'd be horrible to be in one of those houses. But if there was like a quaint story, something kind of interesting, long ago enough that it's not recent history, that maybe it could have add to the appeal of the house. I think there's also a difference between visiting a haunted Airbnb where you can go home mm-hmm. and you know living with a possible specter tucking you in every night. 
Well, I think also like if you've like I've I've had experience with Airbnbs and I've I've talked about before other places where you go and the place is so filled with energy that when you leave it's like the haunted mansion at Disneyland you get to bring some home and then it dissipates eventually but it can like latch on and and follow you and I'm not even that superstitious but this is like again like my upbringing which is like it's just natural to be very aware and conscious and respectful of 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 stuff like this because that's that's where the line is is that you can respect it and like okay you know that this is where you are and this I don't expect to you know dispel you or anything but this is just kind of our relationship is how it's going to be and um that's just very natural to me um I don't know if that's like typical or not I think that's part of um Stephen King's The Shining is the um the analogy of the hornet's nest and like if you don't poke it it won't poke you but if you do then it's you know you're gonna get attacked kind of thing I think that is somewhat common I would say that sort of idea but yeah yeah I think it's interesting to think about a place you can go like an Airbnb that's haunted and check out of versus your own house that you it's harder to get out of that um and then I think there's also the difference between houses that haunted houses that want you to be there like the ones that want maybe to feed off of you or need you there and then there are ones that don't want you there right they they want to scare you away or get you out of the house and then you know both sides there's conflict because you know you don't want the house to feed off you for the house that wants you to stay there forever and then the house that wants you out what's well, your house you want to claim it you want to claim ownership of it so I think that's a, a lot of those conflicts come from those opposing forces yeah yeah, I mean that's I think that's very key when we're talking about it as as a form of fiction because especially like Western fiction, we're we're obsessed with having our stories revolve around conflict, you know, and that's that's a part of what makes it work, you know, the engine of the story, I guess you could say, especially novel length works because I think you it requires those almost. I mean, short stories you could almost do like a mood piece, but like with a novel length work, you kind of have to focus on the conflict uh, in a way. Um, but I wonder too, like if that even just becoming like attuned to the ghost and caring for the ghost or the spirit of the place could also be a part of conflict too. Like it, it's at first, like something you have to figure it out and get used to or something like that. I wonder if that'd make an interesting story, probably cozy horror in that way. Yeah. I was yeah, just would... thinking like very strangely, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like Disney, Disney's beauty and the beast. Like she goes to a haunted house. She has to deal with all the haunted things in the house. It's enchanted, not haunted. It's enchanted. And so, and then because, you know, she falls in love, a little Stockholm syndrome, then it's okay in the end. But yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think maybe the, the way that we characterize a place as haunted versus blessed or um, quirky uh, or like enchanted is all, is a little bit, subject. it's very subjective. Have you ever seen Jean Cocteau's uh, Beauty and the Beast? Oh, it's wonderful. It's very gothic. And that is definitely a haunted castle in that one. Um, it's odd because Disney did take some of it from there, but it was, it was, it's a very beautiful movie, very gothic retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And it's done. He was like the first person that was ever called a surrealist was Jean Cocteau. So it was like, that's where like it comes from. It's really, it's a fascinating movie. Really good. 
Um, the idea of like getting in a tune with the haunted house kind of reminds me of the short story um, "Open House on Haunted Hill" by John Wiswell. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. That one, the Nebula a few years ago. Um, it's so good, and that is, I guess, like cozy horror, right? I mean, it's it's delightful and charming, and it's it's about a haunted house finding the right family for it, and. I recommend it if you haven't read it, but it's it's really really lovely, and I, I think though like some haunted house stories with more conflict too have similar kind of a similar arc. Like I the the Grady Hendrix How to Sell a Haunted House I think is kind of about like the has sort sort of the same arc. It's much more violent um, in horror esque, but it, it it ultimately ends up with like kind of trying to understand what the house slash haunted puppet wants and and resolving those issues and, and I think a lot of haunted house stories do have that arc too where um if you can resolve it you can both maybe part peaceably or both the haunted house and the uh inhabitants can both survive somehow instead of you know the other ending yeah that's interesting and it's interesting too because like I, I like it when some stories and movies and stuff go against that grain um like because you've got Ringu where you think they've appeased the spirit and it's like, no, because there's something more going on there. And I'm trying to think there was like something else I've read recently that was similar to that I watched. Oh, right. Yeah. The movie Sinister is a really interesting take on that too. Um, where you think that, you know, these ghost kids are trying to appease them because they had a horrible thing that happened to them. And no, they're the horrible thing, which is an interesting take on that whole haunted kids subgenre thing. Um, Cause I find those interesting when they do that, do it well. Yeah, I mean that's that kind of um reminds me of something that I've been thinking about. Um I I, I like doing inversions of stories, and maybe that's because personally like I'm a little subversive sometimes. And this idea that a house might be or place might be haunted from a very strong negative experience is, is interesting and that's typical. But I've always wondered like how we could do it differently where the house has a strong emotional experience, but that's a positive one. And the house is just trying to recreate this, but the way it goes about doing it is all wrong. It's like Mother Dearest, but like House Dearest, where it's just trying to recreate the love. Like it's addicted to all these things that were positive in its past, but it goes about it in a bad way and doesn't understand why it's not working. So it blames the people, it blames the choices, but not what it wants. So I would be interested in seeing something like that where it's an inversion of of kind of a trope that would be interesting especially if it was like a haunted amusement park that was in ruins and it wanted to bring back its glory days and there's like a bunch of kids that just break into there and they're like oh we're just gonna go hang out this haunted place and it like tries to force them to go on rides and stuff you can tell we're a bunch of writers <laughs> i think this kind of goes back to the whole thing of like is it the house that's actually haunting or is it somebody who's um imprinted themselves on the house because i what i notice sometimes um in editing like why didn't you just leave is kind of like when you have an anthropomorphic house sometimes you can sort of impose superimpose human desires and emotions onto the house that is haunted um and I think that there's sort of an alternative perspective that the house was never human at all. And any attempts that we would have to try to commune with it and to sympathize with it 
are ultimately wrongheaded because we literally cannot. I mean, and that's kind of like the cosmic horror angle. Like, um, okay. yeah, we, we literally just can't. It, we're not even on the same plane of existence, even if we are, both may be trying. Yeah, like it's- Have a- you read um, The House Next Door? by Anne River oh, Simmons. it's on my list to read. Is it so good? And yeah, it's so good. And it reminds me of what you're saying because this the house is it's kind of an unusual haunted house story because the house is built new by an architect and it's like a gorgeous new house. Nothing bad has happened there ever, but something about the house itself is just evil. And it's a it's a it's a really interesting horror story horror haunted house story for that reason like it it, there's no there aren't any ghosts you know there aren't any um human-like creatures that are causing the problems it's the house itself something's really wrong with the house um yeah you i i highly recommend it i think it's it's one of my favorite haunted house books sounds really interesting you can't do it and you can't you can't do anything you can't reason with the house right you can't the you, you, what's very saying Nadia it's it's beyond your comprehension our comprehension our ability to deal with it it's you know this object that you don't understand why is it acting this way I, who knows but yeah it goes to that cosmic horror I think yeah it, it almost slightly becomes more like the house as alien yeah um we just like a cold and all and all we may feel is kind of like the coldness of incomprehension. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a fan of cosmic horror and haunted houses, so to see them come together like that would be really cool. Like a completely alien. I wonder. I'm taking um, notes. Like I'm taking notes. <laughs> well, I wonder though. I mean, is that is that the house in the haunting of Hill House? Because they try and understand it, but they can't. Like it's like this alien thing. Like they don't know what it wants. I mean, Eleanor thinks she does, but does she really? I mean, what walked there walked walked alone, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe it didn't want them there. It just wanted to be alone. It was just like, get out. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I really dislike the 90s uh, version of The Haunting. It just, it threw in a ghost and all this other stuff and it just didn't work, I don't think. It just, it was, it was nice. It was Spielberg, very Spielberg, but it just wasn't The Haunting of Hill House. So, in that frame of mind, uh, what would you say are your guys' favorite haunted place kind of stories that you've read or watched or like any any of that kind of stuff okay i'll go first yeah i was Um, just gonna select somebody i was like drawing a blank we've talked we've talked a bunch about my favorite one which is haunting of hill house but i will name some others um ju on the grudge um the original japanese version is for me probably the scariest idea because of the idea that you can be infected by a house literally by just stepping foot within its the property line is a horrifying thought um especially in an urban environment you know um i mean really i guess any environment but especially an urban environment um and that's also a house that kind of plays with space time um it's definitely like in the vein of uh, a tragedy happens like that's what sets everything in motion um but yeah it's it's just like the house is kind of beyond a regular house in that if you receive a phone call from the house you are screwed you know that's very terrifying um the other one that i wanted to call out just as like a universe is silent hill because it's like the whole town is 
the haunted town. And I think in a, in a sense, it, it goes back to that whole, like, whatever you experience in Silent Hill speaks to your traumas. And the monsters that are created are created from you. Um, and again, it's like trapped in another dimension of space time. So those are some two of my favorites. Well, I mentioned I mentioned the house next door. I love I love that that novel. Um, but I also really like gothic um, novels and in movies about haunted houses. So one one I really loved recently um, is Mexican Gothic. You guys probably read it. Um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And um, I also really like Crimson Peak. I know probably it it wasn't didn't get great reviews, but I kind of rewatch it like every year. I kind of like adore it, actually. It's just so over the top. And I love the ghosts and the setting. Um, it's not a perfect movie by any means, but um, it just goes like full throttle into the gothic, which I, I really adore. Um, and let's, I mean, The Shining, of course. I mean, I think that's just like reigns above all in terms of like, haunted dwellings you know I guess like a hotel is not quite a house but anyway just The Shining it's just amazing so those those are some of my favorites that I I come back to I think everybody's like said a lot of the ones I like but um you know I'm gonna say one that might be kind of a strange one I'm gonna throw out Evil Dead because the house takes such a interesting like become such an interesting part of the story in the movie like all these things are happening but then you see in the movie the house is actually actively um thwarting the people and i love this idea that you can activate a house or a dwelling that might be just a normal casual place but something can happen that you could do to it to, to bring to focus all the energies and and create a portal or whatever and so um one of the things i i, I thought that was interesting i mean there's a lot of interesting things that go in the build that series but that was one of the how they use um, structure and buildings and then you know create the horror through that where it wasn't that's not necessarily the the, the, the start or even the the basis of the haunting um course the shining timberline lodge is nearby i've gone to it held the axe so i'm a big fan of the shining um also um all the other ones we've mentioned um and i also want to i guess do a shout out to uh and paul you, you heard part of the story megan um beale's um attic mother because oh. what i i love this short story in cozy cosmic because it's a part of the house pieces of the house are not right the attic or like splint like there's like things where it's like you 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 find stuff that is only localized in in this dwelling so you could maybe stay in this home because 90% of it seems fine but there's that one place very bluebeard like where you know, it's not quite right. So I like stories like that too, where it's not that the, you know, Evil Dead, the entire structure is out to get you after a while, or maybe just there are parts, the basement, the attic, the closet, the kitchen, maybe just the root cellar. And then that's all you need. You can have something small that, that takes over everything else. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's, that's in, uh, that story is in Cozy Cosmic, which is out right now. Uh, from Underland. Um, and I really, I agree. Uh, you 
definitely need to read that one. It's really good. I like that one. And Jonathan Wood's uh, Java Apocalypse is my two favorite stories in that collection. Of course, mine, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of partial to my own story. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that is one of, it was just when I read it uh, or when I heard her read it and stuff like that, I was just like, wow. I just, the whole time, just, this is, this is so good. This is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I I mean, I think one of the reasons why it works so much for me, it's adding motherhood, womanhood to cosmic and Mm -hmm. getting that different perspective. But in it, there's also this, this, this house that has something kind of off too. Yeah. 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 And it's a very interesting take on the whole kind of genre. Um, myself uh one of the ones we haven't talked again like what everyone else has been saying i agree highly with all those choices and a lot of the other ones we brought up earlier um when i was writing glass house i did a huge deep dive into reading like tons of haunted house novels and watching movies and things like that um one that hasn't been brought up yet though that i really like is called session nine and it's like about a haunted asylum and it's really interesting it's shot in a similar way to the shining it's very slow moving and stuff and it gets under your skin and it's very creepy um, and a lot of the horror is actually recorded on tapes that you listen to while they're like exhuming this um, haunted asylum. And they're exhuming it because it has asbestos and they're getting rid of the asbestos. And like one of the terrors in there is the asbestos itself, because they say even a, something as small as a grain of sand can get in your lungs and grow and destroy you. And it was just so just such a creepy movie. It's real interesting. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that theme actually. I was thinking about that when listening to everybody's um, sort of contributions here about things that seep into beams of the structures and things like that. It's like, oh, like mold, like black mold, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that that also is probably par for the course of like why we love this genre so much, because we have the sense that like everybody needs a dwelling protection from the elements. But what if it's, corrupted in some way you know and 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 i think it's it's interesting that a lot of haunted house stories are about um sort of like seeping illness kind of thing which is also kind of a very gothic take yeah yeah that's very true um so i'm just wondering like i'm curious why 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 do you think it like appeals to us directly as both writers and editors what what brings you to it specifically i mean i think it's like what nadia said i mean homes are so basic for us it's like at the bottom of the hierarchy of needs like you need that you need a home and and i and i think it's also like taking the american perspective is that that's part of the american dream is to own a home right and getting that foothold getting your first home is like so important and has such a grip I think on like the American imagination and and I just think that with that like comes so much fear like yeah what if there's something wrong with it as Nadia was saying what if there's something corrupted with it and you hear like more like uh, like humdrum horror stories about buying a house and there's black mold in it right or there's like, like literal problems with it but I think you know taking that to the next level is 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 that there's something spiritually wrong with it and I and I and I think that's why I love haunted house stories. I think people love reading them because it taps into those primal desires and those primal fears that we have about shelter and what we want out of our homes and our, in our shelter. Um, Yeah. I, 
I've actually thought about this question a little bit, probably for this conversation, but also just in terms of, you know, writing and reading like what I'm looking for, uh, because the world is changing, you know, it is the American dream to have a house, but I've talked to a lot of people who are younger than me who basically said, I don't want my parents like furniture. I don't want my grandparents furniture. What am I going to do with this armoire that's going to last like a hundred years and takes up all the space? Because they're looking to be a little bit more mobile. They might not have a career that is going to be at one company for 35 years. They might move several times to many cities and generally like maybe owning a house at a higher interest rate these days is not really where you want to put your money. So how do we how do we have stories about haunted places when the places are shifting and what they look like and what the expectations of home house um is um so i guess maybe this is a slightly like different question i uh, answer is that i would like to i'm I'm interested in this genre because i want to see where it goes i want to see what happens when you don't have like a permanence for your residence that you are going to be staying with um other people in a roommate situation maybe more often or maybe in a small apartment in new york city because that's the reality of it, you're not going to be inside a lot. What? How do we write about places when there's so much change to what we consider to be home, right? Um, so that's what that's what kind of keeps me now is just seeing how it it transforms. I just I just want to add, Francis. I think that's such a great point. I love it because one thing I was thinking about with um, how to sell a haunted house is that this. I I feel like some of the horror of this comes from what you're talking about, like inheriting your parents stuff and this is a story about siblings that have to sell their parents house and it's filled with stuff they don't want and I feel like that's such a rich vein right now like I was just thinking about like I have three sets of china for my grandmothers like what am I going to do with it I don't know but I have it and I feel like it is like a weight on me you know like I can't use it but I don't want to get rid of it. Anyway, I just, I agree with you. Like, I think there's so many great areas to explore right now as housing's changing. Like, I would love to read a haunted house story that's set in like a tiny house, like a tiny home, right? Cause that's like the new thing. Like you can't afford a regular house. You can get a little tiny home. Well, I'm sure those are haunted too. I'd love to see that. And like that exploration of what does that look like? Um, yeah, haunted hostel. I don't know. Like there's so many, you know, haunted tent i don't know you know like so many sorry go sorry go ahead i was going to say that actually is going to lead to my next question which is what is the future of haunted houses but before we get into that going back to what you're saying before about inheritance and things like that there's actually uh t kingfisher has two novels uh called uh the twisted ones and the hollow places and they're both about inheritance and cleaning out like the stuff that was given to you and it's like hoarders and junk and all that other stuff and they're real interesting takes on some classic horror novels but that shit that actually goes right segues right into the next question very well like what do you guys think is going to be the next step for haunted places haunted houses especially with people being far more mobile now or moving in with their family or moving in with friends and that sort of thing too um yeah anadia you're next um yeah so what one thing I will say is that you all should check out the anthology. Why didn't you just leave when it's published? Um, because we were my co-editor Julia Rios and I were expressly um, searching for a diversity of places and experiences. So we have a haunted double wide trailer 
we have several haunted apartments. We have a haunted group home. Um, we have like haunted prison, a haunted like sort of like the nurse's chamber in a larger house. Um, so, and a lot of our stories really engage with themes of compromises that you make in a society that doesn't necessarily enable you to do what what would be best for you. Um, that is like a, a huge theme in, in the anthology, I would say. Um, so in terms of like the future of haunted places, I think that people are going to have to continue to make that compromise because we still need somewhere to stay. Um, but yeah, so I, I, so I don't think haunted places are going away. But I do think that like we were expressly trying to stay away from sort of the gothic manner just because it's been done, you know, and we were trying to do the future of like what a haunted home would look like now. Uh, well, I I really like that that's what the anthology is going to include. So I'm definitely going to pick it up. <laughs> and everybody should. Everybody should pick it up um, because I do think that it for for me, you know, coming from an immigrant background and having just you had a very different lived experience maybe from like the gothic manor experience i don't necessarily know what it means to inherit a gothic manor <laughs> so and that's probably not in my future um so the idea of having um again like different types of homes what what is home like i wouldn't even say haunted house i would say haunted home because that's really what we're talking about right we're not talking about there being a structure or a place that is just happens to have things going on it's supposed to be somewhere that we consider to be safe and when we go there we we want to be safe and when it's not safe that's where the horror comes from but also not being able to um you know leave that space or we have to make compromises and we don't feel safe but we have to accept that that is going to be our life and so I, yeah i'm really excited to see how that plays out in the anthology but also just in future writing um you know haunted spaceships i don't know haunted space capsule like haunted like you know i don't know hibernation chamber i don't know like something where it's where we have to be and it's supposed to be where we can um be safe but it's not i always say this it sounds kind of that you know you really really love someone if you let them know where you sleep at night and i think it's the same thing with homes and and feeling safe is that if that's where you sleep at night and you turn off you want it to be a safe place so wherever that is you can have it haunted and that would be interesting for me speaking of haunted spaceships i actually had a haunted generation ship story last year in apex that was pretty cool. But the fun title, The Skinless Man Counts to Five, you know, it's, it's a happy story. Um, oh, and Maddie, you mentioned something. Do you want to mention what you mentioned in the chat? Oh, I was just going to say for Haunted Spaceships, Event Horizon and Solaris. I love that genre. So, yeah. I haven't seen Event Horizon myself. Is, is, I'm assuming what? it's you wouldn't mention. I know, I know. Solaris I love. It's oh. very gothic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, Event Horizon is arguably a haunted, like, black hole. Ooh, but that's okay. a place too, you know? I mean, that's, right? Yeah. That's still a defined-ish space. That's interesting, actually. <laughs> it's very unique. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end this episode on. So uh, thank you all, my guests, for coming. Uh, I really appreciate all of it. And uh, we'll say goodbye to our listeners now and 
Hope you have a spooky evening and may all your homes be haunted.